0: I wow.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, it's 7 o'clock on a Saturday night, and as usual, that means it's time for The Other Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Stacy McCain. And
2: I'm not. Hello, folks. It's the other guy on The Other Podcast here, John Hogue. Uh, Stacy blogs at TheOtherMcCain.com, I've been told
1: and you can find my good friend John Ho's work at hogwash.com
2: and if you listen carefully you can hear the voice of Diana from Valdosta, Georgia.
1: Ah,
3: yes, here I am.
1: Well, <laughs> well, how are things in Valdosta today? What's the temperature?
3: It's a very pleasant 57 right now. Um it was like it was 43 this morning, which is a little little A little nippy, but uh, Mr. Dog likes it, so that's not a problem. Um, Right now, it's raining.
1: (laughs) Oh, okay. Well... Well, 57
2: anyway. is a good temperature. It's actually a degree warmer than the first visit I had to San Francisco, which was in July, and then uh, the next visit I had to San Francisco was in January and it was 56 degrees then, too.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, San Francisco's like that. The real problem is the fog and the wind. <laughs>
1: okay. Well, Diana, I I don't know I I don't know the uh geography of Valdosta, Georgia. <laughs> Uh, well enough to uh, know the answer to this question. How far are you from South Fry Street?
3: Um, I'm on kind of on the other side of town from South Fry Street. Well,
1: that's that's good because uh, (laughs) last Sunday there was a shooting on Fry Street that left three men injured. At eight fifteen, police headed to South Georgia. Medical Center after a 35-year-old man showed up at the hospital with a gunshot wound to the torso. Mm -hmm. While officers were speaking with the man, two more men showed up with non-life-threatening wounds. One man is 73 while the other is 85. Detectives found there had been a large gathering in the 300 block of South Fry Street. As people were leaving the area, subjects began Firing weapons resulting in the injury. So mayhem breaks out on South Fry Street.
3: You know, I just don't understand it. It's like um, you can't have a large gathering on a Friday night without obligatory gunfire sometimes and i don't know why
1: (laughs) but this was this was sunday afternoon i suppose they were all gathered around to watch football or something
3: that might explain it people can get really weird about football speaking Speaking really weird about foot
2: (laughs)
1: yeah
2: go ahead stacy have your rant yeah
1: i i'm i'm uh right now i'm uh keeping track of the um a divisional playoff game that currently there it's uh the jacksonville jaguars at the kansas city chiefs it's a close game with about 10 minutes left um uh the chiefs lead it 20 to 17 and hang on here just a second let me check oh no it's now 27 to 17 the uh Uh, Chiefs just scored a touchdown uh, to go ahead with uh, seven minutes left. Uh, They're ahead by uh, 10, but uh, never say never um, (laughs) uh, when it involves a a certain golden-haired quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. uh, Last Sunday, while other people were shooting each other, uh, I, I, I posted the, a, a fairy tale called Goldilocks and the Four Interceptions. Once upon a time, in the kingdom of Duval, there was a quarterback <laughs> known as Goldilocks because of his beautiful blonde hair. Everything was fine for Goldilocks until the mean old Chargers came to town for a playoff game, and Goldilocks threw an interception. And then he threw another interception and then another and another. And after four interceptions, Goldilocks and his Jaguars were losing 27 to nothing. At this point, I speak for myself, most of the little boys and girls got bored with the story. And because it was after bedtime, they went to (laughs) sleep figuring it was a blowout like the 49ers beating the Seahawks. But mm-hmm. while the little boys and girls were sleeping, the story changed, and Goldilocks had a fairy tale ending. Trevor Lawrence's confidence never wavered, not after the first interception, or the second, or the third, or even the fourth. Uh, anyways, who the guy who was the number one uh, pick in the NFL draft uh, followed up by throwing four. Touchdown passes uh, and rallied the Jaguars <laughs> to a thirty-one to thirty victory over the LA Chargers on Saturday night. And the moral a of the story is a truly amazing story. Yeah, it, it,
2: it's 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 uh, folks. You don't want to know what it's like sitting in a restaurant with Stacy when he can see the screen <laughs> and the game is on.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, usually. <laughs> Uh, when we finished the podcast, we go out mm-hmm. to dinner, and we were, uh, as I believe, we were at Denny's, weren't we? No, mm. we.
2: Were. No, actually, the night last Saturday night, we you weren't to- you weren't able to watch the game, and it was a, a, a completely different experience because we were at mm-hmm. uh, Mission Barbecue.
1: Yes, we went to Mission Barbecue, which, by the way, I, I saw. I, I didn't know this. Uh, it's called Mission Barbecue, and I thought that this was somehow some sort of southwestern reference, like a. Old Spanish mission, but no, no, no. Uh, it uh, was started here in Maryland uh, by some guys uh, uh, on the 10th anniversary of 911. They wanted mm-hmm. to uh, uh, pay tribute to. Uh, armed forces and and stuff like that and and so Mission Barbecue it was actually pretty good barbecue for a chain place. So yep. Anyways, but <laughs>
2: so maybe you pay more attention to my recommendations, Stacy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but,
1: but you know, speaking of
2: shooting and golden-haired people, oh no, and and, and stuff that's been going on on Twitter. One of the the rifts that's been going on Twitter for the last couple of days is that maybe they'll count the fact that uh, his. Uh, the golden haired guy's impersonator might go to jail as, 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 as uh, uh, you know success.
1: What happened?
2: Alec Baldwin's oh? been indicted.
1: Oh, oh that's yes. right. That's right. Alec Baldwin. I had forgotten all about. Alec I
2: had not. Mean, meanwhile, over at Twitter, most the of the, I... most of the last month, they have been tagging my astronomy posts as sensitive content uh, posts, which means that they they say they uh, uh, contain either nudity or (laughs) violence or hate or stuff along those lines. And, of course, that's absolutely defamatory. And it took that whole month, but I am pleased to tell folks that uh, Twitter has finally removed the last of those false uh, and defamatory warnings, and they have uh, (laughs) – undertaken not to put any more on my uh, uh, tweets. <laughs> um, so I'm very pleased with that. Did that
1: involve now, the, uh, the uh, threat of legal action?
2: Well, uh, not. the implicit uh, threat of it, yes. Uh, it basically, was getting there. Well, no, I flat out told them to, uh, to cease and desist and I did, made a demand that they preserve all documents related to what was going on. Uh, mm-hmm. And basically, the letter I sent to them was a uh, 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 said it was about false and defamatory stuff. And I laid out the case. And quite frankly, the new lawyers that are working with Twitter are seem to be very competent. And the the sense I got from it was, was when they said that, that something was going to happen and I would respond to them with, well, this didn't happen. Look here, here's the evidence. Uh, they seem to be interested in ferreting out what the problem was, whether it was technical Mm -hmm. or people uh, who are hangers on from previous uh, versions of Twitter. Uh, I don't know. And I don't explicitly care. uh, But I I do care about the fact that for the first time I ever, I ever had this kind of engagement with Twitter, I got honest responses. Mm -hmm. And so Bravo, I, you know, I like that. Meanwhile, you know, uh, it looks like that uh, Musk is eventually going to get uh, some a social media uh, platform that at least is uh, run on the basis of a, you know being a good business partner and a good vendor to people. As yeah, opposed, uh, and you know, you pay for what you you get, what you pay for, then you pay for what you got, mm. and. There was a video that surfaced right Mm. after the 2016 election, actually, probably just about the time of the inauguration, where a group of, it was a Google employee meeting where the CEO and some of the Mm. other top executives were there, and they basically said that they couldn't allow an election like that to happen again.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: And there's a lot of evidence to suggest that Twitter participated with the other tech companies in tipping the scales in Biden's favor Mm -hmm. uh, this last go around. Now, they got what they paid for. Uh, They got the current dangerously incompetent administration. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The poor economy is just one of Biden's uh, uh, gaffes and failures. (laughs) And Google may be big, or Alphabet, their parent company, may be big. But it's not so big that it can withstand the kind of contractions and problems that are going on in the economy, and they're laying off 12,000 employees.
3: May I please do the poetry?
2: <laughs> uh, yes, please read uh, then my a comment at the end of my post on the subject.
3: As surely as water will wet us, as surely as fire will burn, the gods of the copybook headings with terror and slaughter return.
1: Indeed. It's, yeah, yeah. The, I like um, that poem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, never bet against the gods of the copybook headings. Never. I, I'm telling you, they're 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 pretty reliable. And the yep. gods of
3: the copybook headings limped up to explain it once
2: more. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yep. Uh, anyway, speaking of, of, of limping along, uh, we have uh, the president and uh, the mm. uh, the the interesting performance he gave on um, MLK Day.
1: Yes, uh, the yeah. headline on my post this week was, Biden celebrates MLK Day with speech to group founded by infamous Jew hater. Maybe you don't know who Al Sharpton actually is. Perhaps you never bothered to Google Yankel Rosenbaum. Maybe Mm. you're too young to remember the Freddy's Fashion Mark massacre. Your Mm. ignorance may be excusable because, after all, major news organizations have gone to great lengths to ignore or minimize Sharpton's despicable history of inciting violence toward Jews. Mm -hmm. And we won't even bring up Sharpton's anti-police rhetoric and his blatant dishonesty in the Tawana-Brawley affair. <laughs> Sharpton has never been accountable, held accountable for any of this because Democrats are so eager to pander to the community Sharpton mm-hmm. claims to represent uh, that, that they'll send Joe Biden to give a speech on MLK Day at an event hosted by Sharpton's National Action Network. Um, <clears throat> now, I just happened to be home that day, um, and and when the uh, TV on my office, uh, TV in my home office, showed um, mm. this speech, and I became so angry um, mm. uh, because of what he was saying about the economy. Mm. Uh, including two years ago, our economy was on its back, flat on its back. Let's see. That would have been two years ago. That would have been... Uh, 2021.
3: Yeah, that would January. have
1: been... Yeah, that, January 2021. Uh, and the economy, if it was flat on the back, it was flat on its back in the places where Democratic governors were shutting everything down. Mm-hmm. It was already booming in Florida and Texas, where everything. Yeah, but it was even quieting. starting to
2: take off here in Maryland, where uh, at least we had a sane Republican governor uh, mm-hmm. constraining what was going on. Yes. yes, not a great Republican governor, but at least no, a sane no. one.
3: Hey, uh, mine it, had mine had flashes of sanity as well. As well.
1: Yeah, well, between and, oh, as and sessions Georgia.
3: of foot and mouth disease, go on.
1: <laughs> oh, in Georgia, yeah. Well, anyways. Um, mm-hmm. But Biden bragged about how he had, they had rescued the economy, <laughs> and uh, they were laying the foundation for a stronger and more resilient, more equitable economy for decades to come. And then he goes into, Stacey, talk- I'm
2: not a political scientist. I'm an engineer, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure what, how you refer to this in terms of political science. But in engineering, we have a term of art for this. We call mm-hmm. it bullshit. Right,
1: right, right. Anyways, and he, he just goes on and on and on. And I, and what got me, what really just rankled me uh, was he when he used the phrase trickle-down economics. Now, this uh, goes all the way back, this, this uh, phrase goes all the way back to William Jennings Bryan. Yep. Uh, and it was popularized, uh, by the way, by uh, Will Rogers, of all people. Um, uh, But then uh, it it got a revival in the 1980s as people like uh, Walter Mondale referred Mm to uh, Ronald Reagan's uh, free market supply side uh, policies Mm -hmm. as as trickle down economics. When you use that phrase, what you're telling me is you don't know a damn thing about economics.
2: Or you're uh, purposely lying.
1: Well, you're a Democrat. Either way, uh, in either case, but but the but the point is is that is that you know tax cuts for the rich. They'll use that phrase. It, look, we're living in a global economy. Okay, mm-hmm. we're you know it's not you know that businesses have to compete in a global market. Mm-hmm. Okay, if uh, you start raising taxes in the united states okay to a rate where we're not competitive with germany or italy china france whatever ireland huh
2: ireland, ireland. that's gonna go right
3: right right ireland's it, actually got a got for once has a better tax system it's amazing it's like an attack of sanity among the irish how did that happen
1: my, did they sober up? I don't know. But anyway, uh, somebody the reason must. We, have. The, the
2: reason we Scots make whiskey is to keep the Irish from ruling the world.
1: Well, yeah. I
3: mean, I'm sorry, but my ancestors, uh, it, my ancestors get out of Ireland and they suddenly become wildly successful. And I don't ask me. <laughs> Ireland, well, anyways,
1: poor. but. Uh, But uh, Joe uh, went on about people uh, that the rich need to pay their fair share of taxes. Well, Mm -hmm. in 2014, it was reported that Sharpton owed $4.5 million Mm -hmm. in unpaid state and federal tax bills. 4.5 4.5 million dollars he that's doesn't somewhat, pay that's, his taxes that, that's
2: somewhat more than i've earned gross uh, in <laughs> a 50-year working career
1: yeah <laughs> yeah well, well anyways anyways but so and by sharpton the way and hates no, jews sharpton doesn't pay his taxes and mm-hmm. joe biden has no problem hanging out with without well and and, 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 and by the
2: not. and by the way at least statistically I mean, not only are, is every American rich statistically compared to the mm-hmm. rest of the world, but, you know, mm-hmm. I am, in fact, better off than most folks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and the idea of having a four million, I don't have a four million dollar estate, let alone a four million dollar tax bill. Right. <laughs> well,
1: feel free to name me as your heir. <laughs> yeah <laughs>
3: yeah <laughs> if i was in your will john i'd be really grateful especially if it just meant that you would send me more uh jamaica blue mountain
2: yeah as stately, a did that, did, that, did, did that go down well
3: uh, we are hoarding it we are rationing ourselves to a saturday morning uh french press really? and we are loving it
2: <laughs> it's not that expensive i'll send you the uh amazon link.
3: Uh, no, right at the moment, <laughs> everything's very expensive That's for me. Blue so. Mountain Coffee,
1: is that what it's
3: called? Yeah. Jamaica Blue Mountain, it's grown in one place in the world. It is, um, let me put it this way, um, just because I really love the people I volunteer with over at Living Bridges on Friday mornings, um, I actually brewed up an extra pot and I, I took a carafe over with me and shared it with my fellow volunteers. And I had one lady who'd never had it before say, I could drink this black. She was (laughs) drinking it black. And it's like, this woman always doctors her coffee. And um, my connoisseur friend, Will, is sitting there, and he's just really having a wonderful time with it. I mean, it was great. It's such good coffee. It's just the best coffee in the world. I love it.
1: All right then, Jamaica Blue coffee, and we will we will talk about how you can get some of that Jamaica Blue Mountain coffee. By the way, and give
3: John a little donation while you're at it.
1: (laughs) (laughs)
2: Okay, I'll 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 put something up on the blog. Uh, Lovely, but see the thing is, here we are having we've interrupted uh, talking about something that was really kind of uh, bad news for the uh, country. And yes. we 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 d- into a way that just th- through doing one small thing mm-hmm. you can make some people happy, yes. and you know that's an that's an important thing, at it least is. it is to me. It but is. anyway, uh, that's 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 Joe Biden. Um, mm-hmm. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. though, you have people who actually voted for them because he they thought he was a good idea, and this brings uh-huh. me to. Um, the idea of maybe we've got a problem with our educational system where it's become more political. And if you th- stop and think about it, sending, sending kids to a government run school, they're exposed to government speech and government speech in that sense is, it's supposed to be factual and apolitical and me. And meanwhile, we have things like Libs of uh, tiptoe had this, uh, uh uh, shared this thing about uh, this Minnesota uh house uh, state uh, representative uh wanting to uh, uh make sure that there were menstrual products mm-hmm. in uh, boys bathrooms because and this is a quote not all students who menstruate are female uh-huh. and that 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 you know it's like um hello mm-hmm. uh did you know is it uh, you know, this this got one of my don't know much about biology posts. I mean, uh, unless it's you know they have some other species than Homo sapiens in the school there. I mean, I don't understand how that works. Uh,
3: the thing is, it's it's like we've got to stop this because the. Des- I I was saying to somebody the other day, my issue is not adult people uh, being trans. If they want to do that, um. I, 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 it's such a painfully horrible thing. I, all I can do is, is say, I'm, I'm very sorry and respect their madness to the extent that it doesn't impinge on my, on everybody's quality of life.
2: Uh, well, but, that, and that's just it. It is in fact madness in this sense of insanity. Yes, but you can Well, I mean, yeah, we, we don't, unless people become a danger to themselves or others, we don't lock them up anymore.
3: You can't if if your if your hairdresser is trans and they do a good job cutting your hair, it's ir- their transness is irrelevant, you know, um, is the, my thing. But this idea that um, that children under, I, I, frankly, I don't think anybody over the under the age of twenty five should um, should even socially transition. They should give themselves that much time, but. To do this with kids is insane, and not all students who menstruate are female is a stupid thing to say. There is no way that a male can menstruate. That, I, if you have X and Y chromosome, you cannot menstruate.
2: I don't have the plumbing.
3: You don't, and it's, I that's don't, just know, the I don't, truth.
2: Yeah, you know, I don't have the plumbing. I don't have the organs connected to the plumbing. It just doesn't work that way.
3: And yeah. I'm terrified for what this is doing to, to people's safety, uh, to ch- kids' safety. I mean, you can't tell me that this is going to work out well.
1: What, what they're doing, what they're doing. And, 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 you know, I have been writing about this for nine mm-hmm. years now, going back yeah. to 2014, is that it, it, it is a, an application of intellectual abstraction, okay, yes. To to matters where your beliefs, okay, are not going to change reality. Um, The um, the thing is, is that they love this phrase non-binary, right? Okay, this non-binary thinking. But see, and you're supposedly simple-minded with your binary thinking.
2: Actually, it turns out that uh, one of the gifts of of the Greeks to our history and to our civilization is ba- the idea that you can't be A and not A at the same time. And that, that mm-hmm. the, the principle, the logical, uh, uh, the logical principle of negation, uh, you know, right. and it, that's how the world works. Right. And these people can wish all they want, they could wish that for example hot water doesn't scald but they will mm. m- jump when i uh, hold a pot of boiling tea over their heads yeah <laughs> yeah okay yeah. but on the other hand you know th- this is what's going on in uh the uh the the elementary schools and the high schools, then we have uh, places like Penn state.
1: This is not Penn state. This is Penn. Yeah. University Mm -hmm. of Pennsylvania. I I have to distinguish between between the
2: two. Well, no Penn state is Penn state uh, uh, has its own set of problems. Penn has its problems. Harvard Mm. has weirder problems, but the Penn, uh, UPenn Penn has Biden.
1: Yes, the Biden. University of Pennsylvania is an elite private school where the annual cost of attendance is eighty one thousand three hundred and forty dollars. By the way, Trump—that's you know, not- more than
3: I made for Trump. like it, in like five years when I was uh, just out of college. Trump is an alumnus.
1: You're right; he's an alum, uh, but uh, I think they paid the full freight. Anyways, this Ivy League institution paid Joe Biden nearly a million dollars between the time he left office as vice president in 2017 and the time he announced his presidential campaign in 2019. So far as is known, Biden made a grand total of nine appearances on the Penn campus in exchange for Mm -hmm. this lucrative remuneration. I had to, it took me a long time to learn the word remuneration.
3: Remuneration is hard to say. <laughs> yes.
1: And also got a free university provided office in DC as part mm-hmm. of the Penn Biden Center deal which is now under scrutiny because classified documents were found at the DC office. But there's more to the story and I quote uh, Gabriel excuse me, Etzel, mm-hmm. uh, of, of campus uh, reform. Um, in, investigative reporting from the Washington Free Beacon reveals that between uh, 2017 and 2019, University of Pennsylvania received $61 million in gifts and contracts from China. By comparison... UPenn received 19 million from Chinese investments between 2014 and 2017. So in other words, uh, the amount of Chinese spending at Penn uh, tripled while Biden was there. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and so, uh, it is now being suggested that the Penn Biden Center may be in violation of the Foreign Agents Registration Act.
2: Act. Oh, yeah.
1: And there's, <laughs> and there's obviously a lot more reason to suspect Biden is beholden to the Chinese than there ever was to suspect oh, Trump of Stacey, being beholden no, 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 to
2: no, Russia. no, no. no. Nothing to see here. Move along. <laughs> and as we move along... You know, we haven't brought in 61 million bucks doing this, but we do bring in a, an occasional shekel or two. Which, So, Stacy, tell the people about the yellow
1: button. Folks, if you will go to my blog, theothermccain.com, you will notice near the top of the center column the yellow button. With the word donate on it, if you will click the yellow button, it will take you to my PayPal accounts where you can contribute dollars, pesos, euros, yen, shekels, any currency except Russian rubles um, Mm. uh, to help support the blog, to help support this podcast. And of course, to keep my wife happy because my wife Mm. likes it. Uh, when I make money off of this enterprise, and keeping my wife happy is job number one. By the way, Diana, yes, uh, did that? Uh, did those Jamaican coffee beans, the Blue Mountain coffee, did that come in like a burlap bag?
3: No, no, it okay, comes. Well, uh, it, well, it can come in one of those um, if you if you want to go with one of the really pointy-toity people who sell it. But you can get it through, talk to
2: John, you can get it through Amazon.
1: Yeah, well, I'm looking at it on Amazon. I'm looking at it on Amazon. There's several that come
2: in burlap bags. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll put it up on the blog. Yeah,
1: no, I'm going to put it up on my blog because if this coffee is that good, I know people are going to want it, but it's $61 a pound.
3: Yes, it is. (laughs) And that's down from a few years ago. Well,
1: I,
2: there are there are depending on where you get it from, uh, it, it ranges any and that place now from about forty five bucks a pound to two
1: hundred. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. primo coffee, man! I'm going to be selling some of this on my site through my Amazon <laughs> links. But meanwhile, seriously, Stacy,
3: my... you will profit.
1: Yeah, but meanwhile, over <laughs> at my good friend John Hogue's blog. Hogwash.com.
2: Not only can you use the Amazon shopping links because both our blogs, like many others, uh, participate in the Amazon affiliates program, which is something that Amazon does that's a good thing that supports the blogosphere. Uh, When you use one of those bloggers' links, uh, we get a little tiny cut of the action, and you pay the same price, so it's a good way to support a blog. The other thing you can do to support Hogwash, though, is you can shop at the Hogwash store, or you can click on the icon of the tip jar, which will take you to my PayPal account, uh, and you can do all the wonderful PayPal things there. Or if you want to send cash or gold imperial Russian (laughs) rubles or something like that, you can find my address at the... uh, DMCA link, and it's the uh, Stacy. You need to turn off your phone, uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, they'll, we'll, uh, we'll all be happy that you've supported us. So please remember the five most important words in the English language. Hit the freaking tip jar, indeed. Now, Stacy, you were, uh, you were here at home on. Uh, MLK Day, Uh, I was actually home, essentially other than going to church and coming here for the uh, podcast. (laughs) All that holiday weekend, I was slashed to a computer, but not to do blogging. Blogging was real slow over those three days for me because, in fact, I was working. Uh, Oh, yeah. Uh, We had taken some real-world performance data of one of the widgets I'm working on at Goddard Space Flight Center. By
1: the way, by the way, I have to to remind our readers that (laughs) John builds space robots for NASA. I just make little widgets that are part of them. Somebody
3: else you build space robots robots for NASA.
2: We love you. (laughs) In any case,
3: (laughs) uh, and we are in awe.
2: We 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 uh, we're testing this widget in the lab, and it did some things that weren't surprising or shocking, but weren't exactly what we expected based on the models uh, we had done on the computer of what it should do. Oh, no, computer models. So I spent um, most of the past weekend refining those models, and I finally you know, got the models kind of sort of mostly agreeing well enough with the uh, real-world evidence that, uh, A, the model was looking like it uh, really was a fairly decent model, And uh, B, would be useful in doing some other analytical work. And it Mm -hmm. turns out that what happened was there were a couple of small components in the widget that turned out to be more sensitive to heat and cold than we had been led to believe by the Mm -hmm. manufacturers. So uh, it turned out that... uh, When what was happening, actually, the performance was better than we expected. So it was a feature, not a bug. But the problem is, is that, you know, when the whole thing was warm, we would get this effect. But then we would also get it uh, when just the one component had got hot by itself because of something that was going Hmm. on. So, you know, it wasn't the warming wasn't global. And that saved us. But apparently that's not what's going to save us from real global warming. Our betters have been at it again wow. in Switzerland.
1: Oh, yes. Carrie no at Davos, a select group of human beings talk oh. about saving the planet. And that's a direct quote from uh, Lurch. As uh, my blogger friend Dana Pico calls him, Lurch said the quiet part out loud. Uh, so you know they they gather all these billionaires and and politicians and um, uh, quote unquote experts um, and the he,
3: protest pixie, otherwise known as that silly girl Greta Thunberg.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, and so uh and so they're uh, talking about how it's almost it's it's almost extraterrestrial to think about saving the planet says john Kerry, uh mm-hmm. speaking to the group and accused anyone who, who who doesn't buy into this claptrap of ignoring the science mathematics and physics of climate change and uh. Well, and uh, uh, he talked about a, uh, uh, an extraordinary upheaval in Pakistan. And I'm oh, like, what happened in Pakistan? So I had to Google it. And I found out that uh, last year uh, there were uh, record floods uh, in Pakistan that killed 1,739 people. Does
3: anybody remember the uh, Bangladeshi floods of the 70s that killed, I don't really remember how many people, way too many?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, the the point is is that um, when you figure 1,739 people as a percentage Mm -hmm. of 231 million. Well, it's an eight with four zeros in front of it before you get to the decimal point. Okay, Mm -hmm. so it's a fraction of a fraction of a of a percentage. So it's Mm -hmm. it's it's you know it's you know as a statistical expression of risk, Mm -hmm. it's about as deadly as Memorial Day weekend in Chicago, which I'm not trying to minimize it. Okay. But I'm just saying that if, if this is what you have got as proof of global warming and, and how catastrophic it's going to be, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not buying in. But but I put my foot down and shouted in <laughs> all caps, bold face, italic, the hockey stick graph was a lie. And this has to be repeated because they actually put this in children's textbooks. This is yes, not why can. you have all these young young people who think that the, the, they're totally doomed because of mm-hmm. climate change. Well,
2: not only that, look at who we're talking here. We're talking about John Kerry. Okay. <sighs> he has, okay, he's talking about math and physics and all that <laughs> stuff. He has a BA, a bachelor of arts degree with a C average mm-hmm. from Yale. And while he was an undergraduate at Yale, he never made a single A in any course. Okay, I mean that
1: uh, uh, a uh, gentleman's C, uh,
2: as they called mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, so it's like okay, um, you know, and it,
3: your your a bit your authority to tell us about um, science, physics, well, ha- and math. Well, he
2: has <laughs> a sorry. law degree. Yeah. Uh.
1: yeah. Well, anyways, but, uh, but I ranted for about three paragraphs about mm-hmm. that damned hockey stick graph, <laughs> yeah. um, which, by the way, is, is still the subject of a pending lawsuit.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: but anyways, yeah, he tried to silence his critics by uh, suing them. But but once you realize that the quote unquote science behind it is not really scientific, Um uh, you, you cease to be impressed with their uh, uh, imagined expertise. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, you know, I probably already died because of the uh, global cooling in the 70s. So, you know. Right,
1: right. Yeah, I'm <laughs> and, Oh, the dead. ozone hole. Let's what not forget it the ozone hole. What killed me? Yes, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I died. I don't know. From...
2: I died so many times from things like... Network neutrality. Yeah. And, net
1: neutrality and, killed and,
2: me. And tax and the Trump tax cut that
1: Yeah. Yeah. By the way, we are
3: all dead. I happen died. to be I happen We're to be, zombies. I happen, to
2: be, I happen to be in a narrow band of taxpayers where the way they structured the the rate increases, I my my tax rate actually went up two oh. percent. under the Trump tax cut. So yeah, it's like Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> this, some done, done. some cut. <laughs> yeah anyway but I have a common sense tax proposal to offer I have neighbors with plug-in electric vehicles <laughs> and they're getting a free ride as far as I'm concerned uh, because they're not paying a fuel tax which is what you know allegedly mm-hmm. is goes to pay for roads and bridges and highways and their upkeep uh, so maybe it's time to tax electricity that's used to charge electric vehicles and require that they only be charged from properly metered connections. I mean like you can't okay. I can't I can't go uh, to the agricultural diesel pump uh, that doesn't have road tax on it to fill up my Volkswagen diesel. It's against the law. So also, you know, it'd be
3: kind of hard on your engine, if I understand. No, 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 correctly. oh no!
2: It's the It's the, the only difference between ag diesel fuel and uh, the fuel that you use on the road is they put a dye in the ag fuel, so that uh, if you've ever put it in your tank, it takes a long time for it to wash out.
0: <laughs> okay.
2: Uh, so you know, it's uh, I think that's the way they catch uh, you know, particularly farmers who have like diesel pickup trucks as well. So, um, uh, anyway, th- that that that's that's my common sense tax proposal, and I I I I, I offer it. Uh, I don't know mm-hmm. that anyone will pay attention uh, because they're probably going to ask a different question from the one I'm asking, which is how to make that fair. Uh, mm-hmm. the, And I'm one of these people who really believes that the easiest way that you can get a wrong answer is to ask the wrong question. Oh, yeah. Uh, And uh, one of the wrong questions of the week uh, that came out was uh, there was a bill introduced in the Connecticut legislature that would allow women to skip the candidate physical ability Uh. test for firefighters and take a test with what they were calling revised physical standards. And I think the question they were asking is, how do we make our fire department more diverse? And Uh, I think I would rather ask the question, how do we make our fire department more effective?
3: Yes, because that's a far more important question. I do not want somebody, I'm really sorry, but if, somebody needs to be a 200 pound man needs to be carried out of the house a burning house i want the person who runs in there to be able to do that rather than you know i mean good intentions are lovely but upper body strength has its place
2: well yeah and 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 physical size, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, you're going to need you're going to need relatively compact people that are strong, but you're also going to need relatively tall people with reach. And the the thing, but but regardless of the the size, they've got to have they've got to have the ability to do the job.
1: The 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 the, one of the important things, and 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 uh, Glenn Reynolds has talked about this, uh, uh, but one of the things about the um, strength tests and, and other requirements is that, uh, they back in the seventies, uh, in a lawsuit, uh, they ended up striking down a federal court struck down height requirements for law enforcement for cops. Right. Yeah. Well, one of the reasons that they like tall cops, right. Like, you know, your, your middle linebacker type six foot two and stocky, a certain, mm-hmm certain size it, is that it's intimidating. Okay. Yes. Uh, you know, it, it, that, that it, uh, that greater size uh, just <laughs> means don't mess with us. Don't resist yes. arrest. Don't, you know, it don't helps. start trouble. Even, even you know, if. You I, know, know, I,
2: I remember when you had to be six uh, feet tall to be a Tennessee state trooper. Right,
1: mm-hmm. right, right, right. And uh, you know, it's not discrimination uh are prejudicial to require that it, you know it's a common sense understanding of how things work uh a hundred twenty uh, pound
3: well, woman facing a six foot two man is um uh kind of at a disadvantage
2: yeah, well unless she unless she's a really good martial art artist hey, and very I'm good here to very, tell you
3: that there's there's limits
0: well
2: yeah. yeah, but but well but i mean once you go you know she doesn't have a lot of uh she does not have a lot of uh levels in her level of ex- uh, uh, escalation because no. even if she's an expert with a baton she doesn't have the reach uh and so that you're very quickly then going to tasers or sprays or firearms
3: and, and they know, don't always work and so then you have to shoot them, and everybody gets mad at you
2: yeah well well and it and and The thing is, if it could be resolved in another way, you know, a life is saved. But the thing is, that has to do with not only uh, police officers meeting proper standards, but also having proper training. And, you know, so this whole thing about Antifa in Atlanta Uh. uh, and the, uh, you know, trying to prevent Atlanta from building a proper police academy. Yeah,
1: yeah, this is this is one of the craziest stories, it's a stupid uh, story that that you're going to uh, encounter. Um, the headline on my uh, post on on Friday was: "Dear Antifa terrorists, please go to Georgia so cops can kill all of you." Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and it features a, a, a picture of the dead terrorist, Manuel mm-hmm. Tortuguito uh, Tehran Manuel Tehran known as Tort uh, to his fellow commies, anarchist, <laughs> hippie scum. Because they
3: couldn't say Tortuguito.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways, seven militants have been arrested and charged with domestic terrorism following a deadly shootout with law enforcement at their autonomous zone in a wooded area south of Atlanta. They are all from out of state. Now, yep. now what has happened here, and to give you the back story, is that the what is known as the old... Atlanta Prison Farm uh, mm-hmm. is a 300 acre site uh east of the city on the east side of the city in DeKalb County um and uh it in uh it for about 50 years uh this property was was used to grow food to feed the inmates uh, it started out as feeding the inmates at the Atlanta federal prison, okay mm-hmm. the the Atlanta prison, by the way, that's where they put sent al Capone
2: initially yeah
1: yeah yeah that mm-hmm. but but uh, uh, lots of bad guys in the uh, Atlanta federal pen well, anyways it it, it became disused uh, after um, World War II, and in the 1960s, the city of Atlanta acquired the property. And uh, it, it has mostly sat idle, uh, but it's over 300 acres. And what has been proposed was proposed a couple of years ago by the nonprofit Atlanta Police Foundation oh. was to uh, develop 85 acres of this. That is to say about a quarter of the property mm-hmm. as, a, um, uh, as a police <coughs> training academy. Okay, mm-hmm. and this will lead. And, and now, what has happened? And I, and I it, 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 you, I've really got to explain this. Is that mm-hmm. when you stop tending property in Georgia <laughs> because it is so hot and so humid? Okay, mm-hmm. it will revert to forest, like not oh, not necessarily overnight, but very rapidly. Uh, Don't bro-
3: turn your back on your garden. Okay, uh, it's yeah, it, yeah. it suddenly has vines. Right,
2: right, no, the, the vines. The, the Atlanta area typically uh, will uh, become uh, woodsy within <laughs> five to eight years and wooded uh, uh, in 20. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, when I was growing up in Douglas County, which is just west of Atlanta, um, uh, when I was growing up in Douglas County, there was a um, – uh, the across the road, there was a little, little stream. And then there was uh, a -hmm. patch of woods that went up a hill. Okay. Mm. And uh, this was our forest. This was our jungle that we went, uh, you know, exploring in as little Uh children. And um, uh, it was not until I got to middle school uh, that uh, uh, Dr. Bell, you remember Dr. Bell, our science teacher, Uh, began teaching us about the fact that that um, the growth pattern of forests and what it is and that had all been farmland uh, Mm -hmm. up until what happened was the bottom dropped out of the cotton market in the 1920s. Many people don't understand that the uh, crash did not, you know, the crash of 29 did not start the Great Depression. What happened Mm -hmm. was that the price of cotton spiked up during world war one mm-hmm. and then uh in the 1920s the bottom fell out of the market and and mm-hmm. the uh the cotton cost more to grow than you so this this land became disused and so only 40 years earlier this had been farmland it was a big forest when i was a kid well and
2: it was it was probably deciduous trees mostly oak
1: yeah, uh, oak, pine, uh, mainly. Well, the,
2: pine tr- the pines were just getting started, and uh, at about 150 years after, it would have been a pine forest. Yeah, mm-hmm. because the pine trees would have shaded everything. Yeah, and out.
1: The, and the, and so this growth of, of forest uh, is is very natural. Well, these people are carrying have a slogan: "Save the Atlanta Forest," right? Okay, okay, we're talking. We're talking. Um, uh, about three hundred acres total, you know, three hundred and fifty acres, which is about, you know, five small farms, okay, worth of property, and they're calling this a forest. And yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they're from out of state; they don't know a damn thing about the place. Well,
2: it is probably a hundred acre wood for them.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, it, well, it's and it, it, they're they're trying to, it, and this has gone crazy down there. Well, anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, The police finally, after months of these people camping out on the property and and trying to stop them from developing it as a uh, police uh, academy, um, finally the police uh, got fed up with their stuff and and decided to raid the place and clear them all out. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, they found a cache of weapons, but before they got to that point... uh, Manuel Esteban Paez Taran, 26 years old, um, opened fire, according to police. He opened fire and uh, shot a, a state trooper.
2: And Bad idea.
1: The, yeah, Seriously. and the cops returned fire, and uh, Mr. Taran has ceased to be with us. And this is my idea, that all the Antifa should go to Atlanta so that mm-hmm. the cops can shoot them. But by the way, and, and it turns out
2: though, that this bunch is particularly nasty. And if you, Eric mm-hmm. Erickson did some in-depth reporting on this, this is downright scary. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they have been doing, the 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 atrocities they have committed among other things. And this, mm-hmm. this is uh, what really uh, bugs me about it is that, um, is that, the construction company that has contracted to build the police training facility, Mm -hmm. they have doxed the employees of -hmm. this company. That's it, the Antifa have have doxed them and they are being terrorized in their homes, at their workplace, at churches, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, bomb threats and everything else. And, uh, you know, Eric Erickson makes the point, Uh, you know, we're sending hundreds of people to jail for January 6th.
0: Mm -hmm. Where's the
1: FBI on this terrorist, uh, interstate terrorist operation uh, that, by the way, he suggests is funded by Stacey Abrams?
3: Uh, Stacey Abrams is definitely her her, uh, organizations are definitely neck deep in
1: this.
2: Yeah, I would think that the GBI is going to have uh, uh, take a real interest in this. Well,
1: I uh, I tell you what, uh, send all these people to Reedsville for a couple of years, and uh, (laughs) I I, I think they're going to get some 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 uh, a real interesting perspective on diversity and inclusion. If you know what I mean, and I think you do.
2: Yeah, well,
1: <laughs> but I, 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 this just enrages me as a native mm-hmm. of Atlanta. And by the way, I, I mentioned in the comments, uh, one mm-hmm. of the, uh, there is a PDF you can find of a 1999 article written, uh, by a, a historian, uh, talking about the history of this site and, uh, uh, it was the site of the Cobb Farm, owned by a man named William Cobb. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, during the Battle of Atlanta in 1864, mm-hmm. uh, Hardy's Corps, uh, moving to the uh, flank, uh, to outflank, marched past this uh, property uh, to... Uh, and Miss the farmer Cobb uh, served as a guide uh, for Hardy's troops. So there's a little bit of history, but, you know, that's... Uh, um, but turning it into Cop City, as the uh, Antifa call it, that's a fine use for this land. But you know, mm-hmm. anarchists don't know about property or its proper use. Yeah, well, so. I mean, nor do they
3: even know how to use a sling blade.
2: Well, uh. down down in the uh, comment section of the post, uh, <laughs> uh, Adobe Walls uh, uh, commented on proper preparation would have prevented injury to the officer. Uh, right. And then, uh, you know, uh, basically he said, well, GBI probably doesn't have indirect fire weapons. <laughs> you, you, you said if they'd only had an AC-130, to which I responded, I love the smell of napalm in the morning.
3: Or they could borrow some of the A-10 war, Warthogs. I'm sure the guys are getting bored but just uh, doing the burp of death over the belch of death over at the bomb range. Yeah, Yeah. well,
2: you know, uh, somebody then started, you know, there was an interesting exchange went back and forth. And I just finally uh, said, look, I'm speaking from personal experience. That gasoline smell uh, is the smell of victory. If you're still alive to smell it,
1: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyways, it's it's going to be a hot time in the, in hot But the <gasps> the uh, the antifa were threatening a uh, night of rage. It uh,
3: was more a pouty protest.
1: Yeah, yeah. They showed up in uh, uh, little five points on on uh, Friday night, and, and little five points, if you know, it, it's kind of a hippy dippy, uh, you know, granola. Uh, neighborhood uh, you know quaint little kind of you know bars and restaurants and stuff and you know, a lot of Emory students ra- hanging around you know oh
2: well <laughs> yeah. well
1: anyways but that's that's so much for that but I'm gonna keep an eye on that because uh, yeah uh, those happen. people need to stop
2: Well yeah I mean these people are dangerous but the, you know crazy people in general Stacy are dangerous yes which
1: brings us to the case. Of Keonis, Cisco Langston, Uh, an item headlined, a routine traffic stop. (laughs) Eau Claire, Wisconsin is more than 300 miles from Chicago, and it's almost a five-hour drive if you're doing the speed limit, that is. On the other hand, if you're driving 110 miles an hour in a light model Dodge Charger, the trip won't take nearly as long. Except, of course, if you get pulled over by the cops, which is what happened last year uh, to Keonis Langston, whose who's mugshot I provide... Um, uh, just uh, so that you can see the tattoo on his neck, and we were talking in the uh, yeah. Thing. What is
2: it about tat- Facial and neck tattoos on yeah. all these uh, pictures.
1: Of the Folks day, don't right? tattoos on your, especially you on get... your neck. Neck tattoos, it's it's a bad sign. Anyways, it, it uh, reporting that from you the should not
3: um, hire this person.
2: Yeah, yeah. that's it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it might impede your uh, employment opportunities. But anyways, Mm. I I quote from the uh, uh, Eau Claire newspaper. A state trooper saw a vehicle traveling east on I-94, July 10th, at mile marker 58 in Eau Claire County, hitting a speed of 104 miles an hour. The trooper activated his emergency lights, but the vehicle (laughs) failed to stop the driver of the vehicle then turned off the headlights in an attempt to elude officers. The vehicle then increased its speed to nearly 135 miles an hour, passing vehicles and semi-trucks on both the right and left shoulders. The vehicle swerved between both lanes of traffic, almost crashing with other vehicles on multiple occasions. The pursuit was then terminated. Yeah. Yeah. In neighboring Monroe County, however, a, a sheriff's deputy saw the car, uh, and um, and so uh, uh, the chase began again. And the vehicle eventually left I-94, turned down a dead-end road, and the driver left the vehicle. (laughs) Uh, After a brief foot chase, officer took the driver into custody. And I I, I embed the body cam video uh, (laughs) uh, where I first saw this, uh, uh, just so that you can see... uh, the the kind of situation we're talking about here, and uh, Langston had neither a valid driver's license nor insurance. Uh, but these were trivial matters in comparison to <laughs> fleeing, eluding an officer, which is a class one felony in Wisconsin. Yes, it is. Um, and and I, I, I I suggested that maybe our, uh, maybe uh, Mr. Langston was just like the Dukes of Hazard. You know, the <laughs> the good old boys, boys never mean, mean no, no harm. harm. Uh, right, right. It's uh, all and, you
3: ever but, saw, been in trouble with the law since the day they was born.
1: Well, thank you, Waylon. <laughs> uh, but anyways... <laughs> I never would have heard of Keonis if it hadn't been for this uh, video uh, where he's charged in Wisconsin with fleeing and looting. But there won't be a trial and he'll never go to prison because Keonis was from Chicago. uh, Where he became a statistic this past Thanksgiving weekend in in an item... Eight people were killed and 23 others wounded over the Thanksgiving holiday Wingston. Winston. Uh, Keonis Langston was sitting in his car, by the way, when someone shot him in the head. And so, beats all you ever saw. Been in trouble with the law, with the law. since the day he was born. But uh, I said, y'all drive safely. It's dangerous out there on the road. And, of course... Crazy Crazy people people are are
3: dangerous. dangerous.
1: Yeah, and uh, uh, we will be back next Saturday. Indeed, we will. At the uh, same 7 p.m. time um, uh, to tell you more and uh, run down the uh, uh, strange and fantastic news of the week. Uh, mm. and, and meanwhile I'm going to uh, I'm gonna see some about some of that uh, Jamaica blue Mountain coffee That's okay I'll bring some live.
2: next I'll bring some next week and, uh,
1: shop the Amazon links folks <laughs> and we will be back next Saturday. Thank you for joining us Diana.
2: You're more than welcome. Good night Diana. Good night Stacy and we'll Good see night. y'all.
0: Well, now they call me the breeze I can't go I ain't got no I not Mr. Breeze <laughs>